Welcome back to Get Outside with Kids. Today, we're joined by a special guest who's going to be talking to us about what it's like to coach kids in cross-country and what are some of the lessons that kids can take out of getting outside and running in cross-country. Our guest today is Tammy Bennett, and she's joining us from Portland. Tammy Bennett started competing and running at age 10, and she actually medaled at a few Junior Olympics. Tammy started coaching runners 13 years ago and has coached all ages from 5 to 75. Today, Tammy is a certified life and mindset coach, and she helps. I love helping people go after their goals, big and small. Tammy, welcome to the show. And tell us, why do you love to get outside with kids? Because it's the most fun thing ever. Um, thank you for having me to the show. But there is just something magical about, um, I, I think just primarily, we, us as humans have this amazing connection to being outdoors and being in the elements. And there's something just really beautiful about sharing that experience with our kids and giving them the kind of freedom um, and maybe sometimes a little push to, to do that. So maybe you can tell us a little bit, Tammy, about your kids as well. Um, and did you did you introduce them to cross-country running as well? And uh, did they take it up and did they enjoy it? What kind of adventures did you take your own kids on um, when they were little? And, and now as they're getting bigger, how has that changed? Yeah. So my husband and I are both runners. We met in college. On uh, We ran for the University of North Carolina, Go Heels. Um, and so we, and we were still, my husband was actually still competing for the Nike farm team when my first child was born. So my son literally grew up uh, in the jump pits at Stanford playing in the sandbox by the track. And, uh, and then I started coaching, um, when my youngest was born, basically, I started coaching moms who run and I, I taught fitness classes with kids in the stroller. And I brought my two daughters. My son was in preschool. I brought my two daughters with me and we did those fitness classes. And then after we would let the kids run around and play in the outdoors and they, they were toddlers, they were like, you know, 18 months to 24 months. Um, and then as my kids got into school, they, you know, a lot of their friends ran cross country and they saw mom and dad run every day. And so it just was sort of, it was sort of in the stars. Like there wasn't really another thing, that, another outcome, right? Like that's just what they knew. That was normal to them. Running was fun to them. And so, yeah, so I started coaching actually because I wanted to make sure that my kids had a really good, healthy experience with running and with the outdoors and something that was really fun and not being pushed too much. And so I thought, who better to do it than me? So that's how I got started coaching. And uh, my oldest son runs in college now and my two daughters run in high school. So this is the first year that I haven't coached one of my kids. And it, it was a little bit of a little bit of sadness at the beginning of this year when I realized I'm just going to go watch an event without being their coach. I'm going as just a parent. Wow. What a story. What a big transition for you. Um, I'd like to kind of dial back to what you said there. I liked the point when you said about keeping the getting outside time fun, whether you're doing that through coaching or an unstructured activity. So maybe tell us a little bit more about how you kind of balance that as kids get older. Right now, Kate and I, our oldest children are about five. So they don't have a lot of say in the activities that they get to do. You know, We're mm -hmm. kind of still leading the ships at this, at this age. Obviously, as they get older, they're going to be more vocal about what they do and want to do. And, and we certainly want to make sure that getting outside is still fun for them. So how did you kind of navigate that as they were going through some of those older ages? I think just because they were taught from the beginning that 
being outdoors is fun. They just never knew there was another option. They never knew that some people in the world don't think that going outside is fun. Um, but for them, by that point, once they were, you know, let, let's just say like seven and above, they were already so entrenched in running cross country and it was social for them. That's how they made a lot of their friends. So it wasn't just going outside to run. It was running with friends through the woods, downhill, uphill, around corners, through the mud, all the best parts of being outside. And so I think that just it just kind of automatically came with the territory because we allowed them to get messy. We allowed them to explore. We allowed them to push their physical limits by saying like, oh, do you think we could run up this hill? Do you think we could do it faster? How fast can we run down the hill? And just the, I, I think open questions like, do you think we could try this? Or what do you think would happen if we did this? I think gives them then the power to kind of explore and dictate where they want this outside play to go. That's so interesting, that approach, Tammy, because we've talked in the podcast previously about my kid hating soccer um, Mm -hmm. and going along to like a very prescriptive sort of environment where it was like, here is the drill you will do now. And my kid, you know, four, she just, she couldn't, she was literally looking up at the sky going, oh, a plane, look. Mm -hmm. And then all the kids were going, oh, a plane, oh, a plane. And they were very distracted because they didn't really care about the exercises being set by an adult. So I think that's really an interesting perspective of like, how can we go about choosing these kind of organized events, you know, it's an organized activity, but it still has the freedom in it for kids to to have some leadership and to have some say in it and to incorporate play. It sounds like a kind of unique opportunity to be doing cross-country running like that. Yeah, I For me, it was very, very important to always have my athletes. Like our number one goal was you, I want you to leave practice thing. Like that was so fun. And when I heard kids saying that to their parents on the way to the car, I'm like, okay, success. And I think it's sort of this two-prong approach. I think some people, uh, some coaches, I think, believe that if you do too much, um, like exertion, or if you push them a little bit, then it's not fun. And I believe that you can push their limits a little bit and make it fun. So for instance, you know, we, there was like a a horse path that we would run. And this was, I had kids from kindergarten through eighth grade for many, many, many years. And um, so we had this kind of loop and I could see them the whole time. It was total safe. All of this is going to be assuming that they're, they're safe and they're, and they're seen. Okay. Um, but so we would do a loop of hard running and then we would rest. And so they're being pushed. They like, they like being treated like they can do something, but the, the fun part came in when I said, okay, who thinks that they would like to do another one? And so you're putting the power and the choice on them. And some kids would say, I can't do it. I'm too tired. Cool. Some kids are like, oh, I can, I can, I can. And then it was this kind of contagious where maybe it would be fun to do another one. And so, so many of the kids on the team would then go do another one. So I think anytime we can ask those questions and put the power and the choice back on them, or do you think we could try to do one faster? And sometimes we bring a stopwatch and some kids really love that, like, oh, time me, time me. What was my time? Was I faster? So just kind of bringing this sort of pushing yourself, but also having the power of choice, I think is really powerful for kids. Yeah, I really love that. And I love, like you said, you're giving them the autonomy to make those choices. Um, you're a mom now who's seen kind of your kids go, like you said, from these little ages, and now they're, you know, they're grown up and out of the house. Um, and I would certainly love to hear how 
getting those kids outside and certainly um, encouraging them to do some of these things has helped them in other areas of their life. Like, have you seen some of these skills kind of translate to other areas of school or social development that's been really important for them as well? Absolutely. Um, I know there have been studies. I, I never quote studies because I can never remember all the facts and the stats, but if you just base on my observations from 13 years of coaching kids, it's remarkable the difference in their confidence when they have played outside, when they've explored their physical limits, when they've explored, you know, the earth and the mud and the rocks. And, and it, it, there's a big connection I see too, with creativity, a really big connection. The more we move our bodies, the more creative we are, the more uh, problem solving uh, gets activated in our brains. Um, and so I think that's just a really fun part. And as I mentioned too, the social part of it, if you can get your kids outside with other kids and make it, it's their social time and their exploring time, I think is a really great. Thinking about that, you know, as Jen mentioned, our oldest kids are, f- no, my kid hasn't had a birthday yet, <laughs> coming out to five <laughs> and our little ones are closer to two. You know, as you look back now, looking at how you kind of raised your kids when they were that age, is there anything that you wish you'd done differently at that age? Like anything that you you know now that you didn't know then, you know, for, for parents of young, tiny kids like us right now, anything you'd wish you'd, you could have known? I think that I, I'm really happy with that. I encourage them to get really dirty, really messy. I encourage them to lead the way when we were on trails. I mm-hmm. encourage them to look around. We would say, okay, on this walk, it's going to be a butterfly walk. How many butterflies can we find? There were always kind of creative or observational challenges that we would give each other. Um, and just to keep it interesting, to keep to make sure that they're looking around and like taking in their surroundings. And so I, I'm really happy that we kind of gamified it sometimes, that we got as messy as we could, that we let them lead the way. Um, I, I think all those things are really important. And I've seen so many of their skills now that they're older, that were developed from those lessons and, and you know, the being outside and the, the way that we did it. I like that you said you gamify it. We, yeah, yeah. we did a we did an episode um a little while ago about how to motivate toddlers who don't want to hike, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, one of those things was looking at the surroundings. But uh, I like the way you describe it better. <laughs> Doing a butterfly walk specifically looking for it. Um, one of the things you mentioned, Tammy, as well, is that you also coached mums who were getting back into running. Is that right? Yes. Yes. So I know that you know after having kids, however you have a kid or however you become a parent finding the time and being physically ready to run is actually really a big challenge for a lot of parents. Um, do you have any tips for mums who are looking to get back into running, whether or not they've given birth or maybe they've just been out of, out of the game for a while? My biggest running tip is to start slow and short. So when I started the moms that I, the first group of moms that I coached, we ran for between one and three minutes and then walked. And so a lot of times we think, oh, if it's not 30 minutes, it's not worth doing. And it's, that's just um, the wrong message. So short and slow and be really kind and patient to yourself, because if you can go in taking slow baby steps, you will actually make so much more progress in the long run than if you try to go do too much too soon and then get discouraged and kind of like just stop. And so, yeah, just be really kind, slow and short. Yeah, that's such a great reminder. 
Um, I'm someone who was pretty big into running, you know, before I had my first child. Um, I technically ran a half marathon when I was technically pregnant with him. I didn't know yet. So it was like that early on. So I went from running a half marathon to having a C-section and it took a long time. And I think a lot of that was the mental shift. Like I'm someone who worked out quite a lot before children. And I felt like, oh, six weeks, I'm cleared for exercise. I want to get back into running. And then you're right. You totally overdo it. And then you end up taking two steps back instead of taking the time to go slow. Um, and so I learned that lesson the hard way. So for anyone listening in, Tammy's approach of the slow and steady was the way to do it. Um, I was lucky here. We have a lot of um, pelvic floor physio specialists in our area. So I was able to spend a lot of time. Um, even with the C-section, I still needed to have the proper physio care with that. Um, so if you're somebody uh, listening in, pelvic floor physio, all the way and definitely take it slow, take it from me. Um, my second child was uh, not a C-section, still tried to get back into running too soon. Same thing. I don't know why I made the same mistake twice. You think I would have learned the first time, uh, but slow and steady is definitely the way forward. And me and Kate have gone right back to like our very slow runs together to, to working it back in. One of the other things I'm thinking about there, Tammy, as well, is that sort of social connection and not just for the kids in, you know, how you kind of raise them in that sort of community where everybody was training and practicing together, but also for all the parents as well. You know, it can be really hard for new parents to create a sense of community, to make any friends at all. Um, And I love that idea that, you know, whether or not you're big into running before you've had kids or if you've taken a break, finding a little community like that, um, whatever it is. Uh, one of the examples I've used recently is my sister in Australia. She does a lot of surfing and she found a group called Surfing Mums where they'd all get together and they'd watch each other's children on the on the shoreline while they each go out and surf. So how important was that sort of community to you when you were a new mum? I didn't have one. So it was really important for me to go create one. So I didn't have one with my first two kids. We lived in California. All of our family lived on the East Coast. Um, Nobody my age had kids yet. And so I was all alone. And so then when I had my third and when, when she was seven months old, that's when I started creating this group because I knew how important it was because I hadn't had it. Right. So I, I knew what I was missing and what I was craving. And so, yeah, it was a really beautiful thing to create that community. There were probably 30 moms and they brought their kids in the stroller. So we had like the, the exercise strollers. We did runs and like uh, weights with the bands, resistance bands Um, with the kids. We sang to them while we were exercising. So it was this huge sense of community. It gave the moms a purpose. They had a place to go. And they are still, this was 15 years ago. They are still friends to this day. Their kids are still friends. Yeah. It's, it was so powerful. Oh, how cool. I think that's, you know, one of the big things is being brave and stepping forward like that and saying, I recognize that I don't have this and I'm, I'm not going to look for somebody else to, to build it for me. I can build it myself. And I think that's, you know, it's a brave step because you don't necessarily know any of the people you're reaching out to. I didn't know any of them, right. We had, yeah, we had just moved to a new town. I didn't know my way around. I was getting lost every day. Um, but, and, you know, and not everybody has that in them to go create something, but that is an option, right? To go create it or go find it. And it's, it is just so important for us as moms, but also these kids like develop friendships. And the thing I loved about it too, was the kids got to see their moms exercising and doing something (laughs) for them. But I think it's really important to say like, look, moms get physical, they push themselves, you know, there were moms like, you know, huffing and puffing. And it's so good for the kids to see that because it normalizes 
exertion and normalizes being outside, being physical, because all of our things were at different parks. Yeah. I think one of the other things that it's, you know, would be cool as well is to, <laughs> I think we often forget this when we're parenting, but showing that we can have fun too mm-hmm. and showing that we're not afraid of getting dirty and muddy. And, you know, like the parents don't have to be the ones sitting back going, no, you go and have the fun. But if yes. you're there running as well and you're saying, hey, look, kids, like here's me running on the track. I got covered in mud. I made a mistake. I fell over, but I'm okay. I'm picking myself up. It was fun. You know, a lot of parents don't kind of get hands on like that and don't kind of get dirty to show the kids the way. So true. And let me tell you, there's nothing a kid loves more than racing with their parent and, <laughs> and beating them, you know, or like, I'll race you to that bush. It's a really sneaky way to get in just a little bit of, you know, sprinting a little bit of fun. And, you know, well, I'll race you to that tree. And, you know, kids love to beat mom or beat dad to the tree. I am kind of worried about how quickly that's going to come around, but my <laughs> right, kids will be like, <laughs> they're going to beat me, but they can't yet. You know, the chances are if the two and the five-year-old are running with me, one of them's going to face plant before we reach that tree. But mm-hmm. I'm guessing at some point they're going to get much faster than me. <laughs> yeah. The racing techniques also good to motivate your children from getting home. We just did that just this evening on the way home from the park. My kids were on bikes. And so, you know, it's that time of the night. They don't really want to leave the park, but if you say the words like, okay, I'm going to race you, let's go. And sure enough, zoom, we all go and you get home in time before anybody has a meltdown. <laughs> Perfect. So I guess the other thing, Tammy, when we're thinking about um, getting outside with kids, I, I really like what you've said about kind of getting messy and making it making it not perfect. But, you know, you must have a lot of stories, a lot of memories of, of th- when things didn't go according to plan. We like to share those to remind parents that, you know, you can have the best, even with the best intentions, things don't always go according to plan. (laughs) When you look back on that, what memories kind of stand out to you as things that didn't go according to plan? Yeah, I think there are a lot of memories of really, really cold races and practices where either my kids or other kids didn't bring enough clothes, not enough layers. And like to the point of tears where their hands were just absolutely frozen. Um, Socks make really great mittens, just so you know. They're really great to just slip the socks on in the hands if you're getting cold. But um, so many, so many images of crying children that just didn't wear enough layers. So I am just like the biggest, like one of my biggest rules as a coach is like layer, layer, layer. You can always take things off, but it's so much better to be hot and take something off than to be freezing. Um, And the other one is probably forgetting to have like a towel or a blanket for the car because we had lots of days where we were literally covered head to toe in mud and then you have nothing in your car to protect the seats. So those are my two like layer up and bring a blanket for the car. I like that it's to protect the car as well. (laughs) (laughs) Forget about the kids being warm. I mean, yeah. (laughs) They're fine. fine. Heat up in the car anyway, but you can't get the mud out of your seats. So. Um, yeah. In terms of those those kids as well who who have those really cold days, they come back again. Are they coming back to training next time? Better prepared. Better prepared for sure. That it happens once and it like doesn't happen again. Yeah. So I think some of the biggest takeaways for me, Tammy, so far are. But, you know, as someone who's coming to this with older children, it's so great to hear your perspective um, on really the grit and resilience that this builds up. You know, there's lots of great studies that we've talked about um, on building that, 
grit in kids and it being kind of that lifelong determining of success um, and clearly getting kids outside, whether that's through a structured training or coaching program, or you're just taking your family on weekends hikes is one way that we as parents can help to build up that grit in our children. Um, all children kind of have a different you know, tolerance of grit and things like that, but certainly the more we can kind of get them outside, get them muddy, have these mistakes happen where next time they learn to <laughs> bring the mm-hmm. extra layers um, is really helping to set them up for success long-term in life. And I'm sure you're probably seeing that now uh, with the other side of your business and your coaching business as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's so many times when, you know, if I take um, a race or a practice, for example, where, you know, the kids are in the middle of the race or in the middle of an interval and it feels hard and they know that, I mean, they have to finish, they have to get back to the finish line. So it's just, it normalizes that sometimes your body is tired and you can keep going. Um, sometimes it feels hard, but it's okay. You can keep going. Um, so yeah, I think I have definitely seen in my kids just their ability to bounce back and to keep going, even when things feel hard. Awesome. I'm going to get my kids out running. They're going to start running right away. Two might be a little bit young, but she's very enthusiastic. (laughs) And this is the thing. This is so important. Kids love to run. Like they, we, we kind of come out loving to run and it's when school makes it into like a punishment at school, or it's when people, they hear grownups say, oh, I hate running. It's, they're sort of taught to not like running. It can be fun if you just allow it to be fun from the get-go and to just keep reinforcing that this is fun, because I don't think I've ever really seen many kids at all that didn't enjoy running for fun on the playground. Um, You know, when you say to your kids, you know, I've got a big, I've got a big surprise for you. You can run as fast as you want across this field. And they go, oh my gosh, okay. I'm going to say go. And they say go and they take off. And all the adults mm-hmm. are like, I'm going to stand here and not run because right. why would I? And the kids are like, this is the best moment of my life. So yes. yeah, I definitely see that. I <laughs> just love it. <laughs> yeah. So I think we really have to learn to not quash their kind of enthusiasm for these kinds of things. You're right. Like as parents, we often get in our own way and we really just have to let the kids take the lead on some of the stuff as much as we can. Can and show them that we're enjoying it too. I think a big part of it as parents, it's like you have to kind of practice what you preach. So if you really want your kids to get outside and have these uh, messy, muddy adventures, you've got to be okay getting a little bit muddy yourself. You know, if you're going outside kind of beautifully dressed and, you know, afraid to get your hands dirty, your kids are going to pick up on that to some extent. So you kind of have to embody it as a family, you know, or as a parent to really go out there and live those values and show your kids that even now it's still fun to go outside. You don't mind getting dirty and you can always throw things in the wash later or bring that towel for the car and have things cleaned up at the end. Absolutely. One one other thing that we did too, when they were young is we created um, like a little passport of all of the local uh, parks that had trails. And I think there were like seven or eight different parks around some of them we had never been to. And so we just kind of just handmade this little, I'm also an artist, but we handmade this little book and we just called it a passport and we invited some friends And when you would go to the different park, then you sort of like stamp the passport for that page. And so it just got us to, because, you know, we're kind of creatures of habit. We would go to the same park every time, which is awesome and beautiful. And kids like that repetition. But sometimes it's also fun to push yourself to find a new trail or a new park or a new playground. And so that was just another fun thing that we did to sort of, and that involved us too, because we're like, oh, this will be fun to check out this new park. And so it just kind of made us excited too. It's a good idea. My kid is definitely stuck in a park rut. She always wants to go to the same park every single Mm -hmm. morning, every day, if she could. And whenever you try and mix it up, you've got to really justify it to her. But she's also a fan of stickers and stamps. So that's really good. Yes. (laughs) 
Uh, Tammy, before we forget, where is our best place to connect with you? Because I think you have a podcast yourself. Tell us a little bit about that podcast and what we could hear there. Yeah, so my podcast is called the Show Up Society Podcast because I help people show up for themselves, especially mamas that you know kind of put ourselves on the back burner sometimes. Um, and I most of my episodes are you know quick twenty minute. Uh, doable tips that you can use to just kind of find yourself again and to motivate yourself again. Uh, but the best place to connect with me is on Instagram at show up society. And I, I love interacting with people there. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, any last questions for us, Tammy, before we wrap up today, this has been so informative hearing from somebody who's got older kids that I, I feel like there's hope we're doing the right things about getting them outside. Yes. Embrace the mud, embrace the mud. It really is important. Um, it, because then I think, you know, as older kids, embracing the mistakes, embracing, trying things makes it feel safer because you don't put so much expectation. This has to go well, this has to be perfect. It's like, let's just see what happens. And you know what? If it's messy, okay, cool. We got a towel in the car. That's the tip. I'm going to bake the passport for the parks and put a <laughs> towel in my car that just stays there to protect the car, not the kids. Right, right. Thanks so much for joining us today, Tammy. We'll link to resources from today's episode in our show notes. If you want to connect with us on Instagram, you can find us at Get Outside With Kids. 